You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. You know there is an elevator action too. Have you ever played that game? There's a two. There is an elevator action too. Yeah, and you would think uh, they would have improved on it, but uh, they tried to improve on it so much they made it worse. Yeah, it's uh, way overcomplicated. The graphics look better, but that's uh, that's the most I can say about it. Cannot recommend elevator action too. So one thing we haven't done on this podcast in a few weeks is talked about what games we've been playing. No, we did that last week, Joe. You missed that one. (laughs) (laughs) But we we haven't talked about... uh, Well, actually, Joe, I know what game you've been playing because you texted us your triumphant uh, screenshot. giving you guys my updates. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, dude. Well, with the the release of Super Mario World, uh, Super Mario 3D World, rather, uh, on the Switch, I went back and I looked at my 3DS and I was like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a little bit of Super Mario 3D Land. I remember playing that. Bit. And um, <laughs> well, here's here's the deal. Like, I owned the game, and I talked to you about this, Jay. I owned mm-hmm. the game, and I remember beating the game and opening up like the special worlds where you then unlock Luigi. And I'm like, oh, okay. I never ended up playing through it though. But I turned on my 3DS and I turned on the game, and I'm like. Why is Mario just on World One? Like, why have oh, no. I have not beaten this? Yeah, I'm like, why have yeah. I not beaten this game? And so uh, apparently, I owned a physical copy, and I guess I traded it in because I got it as a download for some reason. Mm, I, I I don't know when they offered it as a download, but I got it as a download and downloaded it, and then just never played it again. So I was like, well, you know what? Let me play through this game. Got to the part where you, I opened the special worlds, and I'm like, well. Let me see, you know, let me see what I can get through. And so I just started playing through it, unlocked Luigi, and then started telling you guys, I'm like, guys, apparently there's like a crown world, like a a special crown world. And there's like, you have to get all of the flags yellow and you've got to beat every level with Luigi and Mario. And like, it it was something I didn't intend on doing at all throughout the course of the game. Like, I was just like, every time I would do a level, I'd be like, this is it. I'm done. Fuck this. I'm not doing it. And then I would just, <laughs> to get I would continue just despite mm-hmm. myself, I would continue to play. And yeah, I, I, I ended up getting everything unlocked and, uh, and finishing the, uh, the crown world with both Mario and Luigi. And now how many hours do you think it took you? Or do you have a record of how many hours? I, I, I'm sure the game, has a record mm. i don't know what it is i would i would say that it probably took me about 20 hours to, to yeah. do it uh, i took my time with it um the thing is after you've played through those levels those levels are short enough even on the special yeah. world road oh yeah like those levels are, are fairly short and you get to know them pretty intimately when you play them enough times mm. so it's not that bad that still doesn't mean that they're easy no. it just means you know what you need to do now, whether or not you can do it is yeah. a whole other question. Yeah, I watched the uh, YouTube video that you sent of that that last crown uh, level. Uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty impossible. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've never done that because I'm, I'm not a completionist. I did not even unlock that level. Um, and I'm pretty sure I know why because I, I knew what I was in store for. And I was like, nope, that's just that's not for me. That feels like torture. That's uh, some sadomasochistic stuff that... I can't do. Yeah. Uh, although, similar situation after our Mario episode, uh, I too had a, a hankering for a hunk of Mario and uh, downloaded, <laughs> even though I said I wouldn't, I paid for it again, downloaded uh, Super Mario 3D World on the Switch like a fucking ch- chump uh, <laughs> just to get Bowser's Fury, even though I already owned it on, uh, on Wii U. Uh, but had to do it. But, but glad we have it on the Switch. They didn't because... have, was Bowser's Fury on the Wii U? No, sorry. No, I, I said that out of order. Really Even though I had Mario 3D World on Wii U, uh, I, I did mm-hmm. buy it for, for Bowser's Fury. And then haven't even played Bowser's Fury. <laughs> like Jen and I spent all weekend <laughs> playing through original uh, Super Mario 3D World again from the beginning. Man, what a great mm-hmm. game. I, I know we talked about it. Yeah. Listen to our Super Mario uh, Brothers episode where we talked about all the mainline Mario games. Uh, and I don't yeah. know that we gave enough attention to that one because, well, yeah, we really didn't. It, and and I I had completely forgotten that you could you could do exactly what I was talking about, like with Super Mario Brothers two, that I've always wanted to be able to do all of the different characters again, like, not yeah, just yeah. like Mario Luigi and a couple of Toads, that's but right. it was like yeah. Mario Luigi Princess and the Toad. And, and it's like, you... holy shit, that's right. This is this is available with, with 3D they tease, World. They tease that with Super Mario 3D Land. 
Mm -hmm. uh one of the one of the hidden you know how you like unlock the still shots that you can make 3d and stuff one of the hidden ones that you got after you beat the special worlds was princess peach wearing the raccoon suit Uh oh and and they've done the same thing in uh mario 3d world you can unlock uh rosalyn or rosalina or whatever her name is from super mario galaxy uh when you get to the star road and man i had forgotten how many extra worlds there were in that game joe i don't know if you've played this one yet but there are four unlockable worlds. There's basically 12 total worlds beyond the, uh, wow. uh, you know, there's, there's eight normal ones. I say normal. Yeah, most Mario games have yeah. about eight worlds, right? And then there's four yeah, unlockable yeah, worlds with some of the hardest levels in the game, as, as one would expect. Uh, and we're about mm-hmm. halfway through uh, the flower world, which comes after the mushroom world, which comes after the star world. Uh, but yeah, I am, <laughs> I am uh, pulling the plug after that because uh, you have to have all the stars, all the stamps, and you have to get all the gold goalposts. Like, you have to hit the top of the goalposts at the end of every level oh, in order to damn. unlock the crown world. And I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry. Well, dude, after seeing you, because you, you talked about the video I posted, the video that you shared with us of the oh, crown world in Super Mario 3D fucking world. Fucking ridiculous. It just, it looks, it looks torturous. It looks like you've got to be a masochist to want to play this yeah. thing. Like, mm-hmm. I get, if I die two or three times i start losing my temper like i'm i'm yes. close to rage quitting oh yeah i can't even imagine yeah. i can't imagine having to like learn and memorize all that stuff yeah it's it's nuts and you talk about like being the completionist and i never was i never was historically never was a his, uh, a, a completionist on these video games and I can kind of narrow it to a couple of things. Like one of them was when there was that uh, internet rumor that in Final Fantasy, if you got all of your kids up to level 99 and you got them on every spell, uh, you could revive General Leo. And so I did that. Uh, and it wasn't a true thing. Like it didn't work. Yeah. But it kind, of, it kind of put me in this different mindset where it's like where suddenly I kind of learned how to grind. I never did the grind yeah. in a game, but suddenly I'm doing it. And so there's a little bit of that. And then there's a little bit of, as I'm getting older, I start losing a lot of things. And now I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing Rocky Balboa, but like I'm losing my hair. Mm-hmm. I'm losing my hearing. I've got tinnitus in this ear that's in the past like four weeks. It's really kicked in. Oh, no. Um, you know, I've got, uh, I, I'm losing, I'm losing my sight. Uh, like I broke the arm on these glasses and had to super glue them. But for like three hours today, I was without my glasses oh, yeah. and I was useless. I was useless. So like, it seems like I'm losing all these things, all these faculties. And like, the only thing I've got left is like, I, I love video games. I'm good at video games. <laughs> and if I, I need to prove it to myself that I can still do this. And that's why I did what I did with super Mario, uh, uh, new Super Mario Wii U or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, I did the same thing. And then what I did with Super Mario 3D Land, like I can do this. If other people could do this, if this is here, I got to prove it to myself that I could do this thing. And you know what? Nobody cares. <laughs> like Sarah doesn't care. She's not going to be mm-hmm. like, you did what on Mario? Oh my God, love me. Like yes. <laughs> No one's, no one's going to do that. Yes, well, I can but attest like, to that as well. <laughs> not a panty dropper being able to beat Mario. <laughs> In fact, Jenna has seen a new side of me, and not in a good way, because uh, you're talking about rage quitting. Yeah, I, I was uh, I tossed the controller on the bed a few times oh, in some God. of these levels where it was yeah. just like, fuck, fuck this fucking game and fuck my life. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is 16 Big Gladiators here on the Next Wave Radio <laughs> Network, uh, where we love video games so much we hate them. Uh, but nevertheless, we'll talk about them every week as we gather here in our forum uh, on the 16-Bit Gladiators. That's the name of this podcast. Uh, you want to subscribe to it, you can do it on our website, 16bitgladiators.com. Uh, and on said website, we have little handy links to our uh, social networks. The uh, I was going to say the aforementioned Facebook page, but I hadn't mentioned it. The mentioned <laughs> Facebook page, uh, of course, 16-Bit Gladiators on Facebook, as well as our Twitter handle, which is at 16-Bit Gladiators. You follow us there, you'll always know what episodes we're going to be talking about. And in fact, uh, yeah, I tweeted out that we were going to be talking about uh, video arcades uh, on tonight's podcast. And here we are talking about uh, Mario once again. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Switch. Yeah. Look, man. Yeah. Mario's been in arcade games. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Just don't be happy to talk about them right now. Oh, there's a there's a Mario Kart arcade game too. There is. There we, is. We played that at a, a bowling right. alley. Yeah, we right. did, didn't we? It is nothing like uh, what we've come to know and love 
in the the home version of uh, Mario because right that that's not Nintendo making them that's like Namco or somebody they've outsourced it's like Namco yeah because you've got yeah, like, I think it was fans in it yeah and mm-hmm. Mappy yeah. It just doesn't remember feel the same. Yeah, I do remember Mappy. I love Mappy. Uh, one of many arcade games we'll be talking about in this episode. Uh, so mm-hmm. the, the format here is pretty loose. Um, we're, we're not talking about just old school arcades, uh, although the three of us... Uh, oh, I, I should introduce our host. Uh, I am joined, as always, uh, by Jay Gunn. Hello, Jay. Hello. And once again by Joe Cucinati. Hey. And we're going to be talking about our uh, video arcade history, uh, which uh, stems back to our childhoods, but also extends into our adulthoods now that retro arcades are all the rage again, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got a couple um, here in the uh, DFW area. Uh, we've got uh, free play, a couple of free play locations that opened up, mm-hmm. uh, well, I don't want to say four or five years ago now. Uh, and yeah. now uh, there's. I still, I still want to go to that, too. That's one thing I haven't been able to go to since oh, I've been back. Oh, oh, that's right because it's been uh, COVID times and uh, mm-hmm. what, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not oh, that's Texas. Right, that's right. We're, that's we're right. open we're, again. We're, yeah. we're clear. Did we're you clear hear? And free. That's right. We, we beat COVID. <laughs> we won. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> always, always first. <laughs> All oh, we had to God. do was have a really bad snowstorm and everyone lose their power and now COVID's taken care of. Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't that amazing how those two things kind of coincide when our politicians <laughs> start taking heat, no pun intended for us not having heat, and uh, they pull the old, hey, look over here, no more mask mm-hmm. mandates. This mm-hmm. when Ted Cruz went to Cancun, he brought back the cure. <laughs> <laughs> the bands? I love them. Uh, but yes. We are the cure. So now that uh, COVID is behind us here in Texas, it's not really kids. Please wear your mask. Uh, but when Please. we're allowed to go Please back do. in, in lieu of actually visiting video arcades, uh, we're going to be talking about video arcades. So I've done enough intro. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. dive right in. Uh, I was talking, well, you mentioned Mappy, uh, and, uh, Mappy is maybe a, a lesser known arcade game. Uh, cause I don't really think it, it made a, mm-hmm. it had a home port. If it did have a home port, uh, it wasn't nearly as uh, popular as well. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really say the arcade game was all that popular, was it? But uh, you're this little mouse. It's it's uh, cops and robbers, except with uh, uh, yeah mice and cats, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mappy was uh, was a favorite of mine growing up as well. Like I, I really enjoyed that game, and I first saw it in an arcade. And mm-hmm. just like any arcade game, I was a, an ignorant kid who didn't really know what to do. I relied on, and what was great about the uh, the arcade culture mm-hmm. was kind of just milling around watching people play a game and kind of learning what to do by watching them Mm -hmm. and that's that's something that is sarah and i have conversations about that where she's like i just don't understand i don't understand how you can like watching someone play a game and i'm like well when i'm interested in the game it's kind of a a fun way to like learn how to play it or get better at it yeah is see what uh, how other people play and uh and that's that's what you did is you milled around the arcade. Maybe you were out of quarters or maybe you had quarters, but you just weren't ready to plop one down yet. Because when you, your first arcade experience is almost like the first time you go into a casino, like yes. you're really irresponsible. You get really irresponsible with your quarters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're throwing them in a machine. You don't even know how to play. One of the worst things ever is when you throw your quarter in a machine and the machine doesn't work. Uh, and you're like, oh, man. You can't hit that eject uh, button to get it back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, but Usually, unless he was a dick, like the guy who was working who had the little change belt would be like, here you go, give you back your quarters or whatever. Um, But watching somebody play and kind of figuring it out. And that's kind of where uh, my 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 mappy experience uh, is is kind of a good place to start. It's kind of serendipitous that we started with this one Mm. because mappy is a game I didn't understand. And I put a quarter in, had no idea what I was doing. And so then like stepped back so somebody else could play and just watched him for a good like 15, 20 minutes, I bet, and kind of figured it out and and then enjoyed the game a lot. And that's kind of the story with a lot of arcade games. Mm -hmm. But it was that culture. It was that, you know, you felt like you were everybody's little brother in an arcade. (laughs) Like, yeah, there were no there were no strangers in an arcade. And so like you didn't mind siding up next to somebody. And usually people were pretty cool about it. You would run into kind of like one or two dicks every once in a while. It'd be like, back up or, or, or whatever. <laughs> ah, but, yes. but yeah, like that was it, that culture was a great place to learn how to play these games. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Comparing it to like a, a casino uh, feels about right because um, for one thing, a good arcade 
has the environment uh, of like a casino. Like there's like low ceilings. The lights are maybe down a little bit, so that lets the yep. the the flashes of light that are coming from the screens and the marquees themselves take over. The carpet is usually awful. Uh, so that you can't see all the uh, <laughs> drinks and food that have been spilled on it. There's a, a musty yeah. scent in the air. Uh, the smell of like sweat and cigarette smoke, uh, kind of mingled together. Uh, yeah, the hot new the hot new machines were near the front. Yep, and then like mm-hmm. you know you kind of get further in the back and you got the classics. Yeah, you got Pac Man um, and Donkey Kong. That's right. Yeah, Pinbot was always in the back. <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you got to the pinball machines if you were like me. Like, if you got to the pinball machines, you journeyed too far to the back of the arcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come back to the front. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but but you're right. There was usually, like, um, a block of time that you would spend in an arcade. You know, nowadays when you're at home, it's it's appointment video gaming. You know, I've decided I'm going to mm-hmm. sit down and I'm immediately playing this game. And then I'm, when I'm done, I'm turning it off and I'm doing something else. Uh, but, yeah. you know, when, when you're a kid and you don't have your own transportation... You're at the mercy of uh, whoever's dropping you off at uh, said yes. arcade. And uh, I didn't have the, the only arcade I had in the little town I grew up in was in the Pizza Hut. It had its own arcade room, probably oh, uh, yes. a couple of dozen machines in there, which was huge uh, for us. But if you wanted to go to a real arcade, I had to make the hour long journey to uh, Corpus Christi, Texas and go to the mall and play the uh, the wow. arcades in the mall. So uh, so whenever you were there it was like all right someone's dropping you off or you're going to the mall. Mom and dad are going to go shopping with the you know brother and sister. I'm going to be in this arcade for the next hour and uh yeah you like you said Joe you've got to work your quarters uh so that <laughs> you're not left uh, with 5 minutes of gameplay and then wandering around for 45 minutes. Um yeah. Although some of my favorite memories like you said were wandering around watching mm-hmm. other people play games that I was too intimidated by. It was see when my my first arcade experiences were uh, predate Street Fighter like so we didn't have like oh, the, yeah. the fighting tournaments or anything like that that wasn't until the 90s and a lot of like the the Street Fighter experience that arcade experience uh that was when that was after we moved here to Texas and like there was uh there was an arcade in the mall called uh Tilt yes and, that's what we went to too Tilt yes it was in Collin Creek Mall in Plano uh, and we would go there, like me and my friends, Jay being one of them, like we would we would go into the mall and maybe spend a little bit of time in tilt and there'd be Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or something like that. Like that's where like the fighting game started to take off. I remember playing the diehard arcade game in that tilt. <laughs> um, that was the only time I ever had a job in a mall was when I worked at like the tuxedo rental shop, Gingus. Gingus. Uh, I. I worked there and it was right next to the arcade. Oh, man. So whenever I'd go, I'd go on lunch break or whatever, I'd go next door into the arcade. I'd plop a few quarters, played the diehard arcade game. Huh. Uh, maybe I'd play some Galaga uh, and then get back to work. Yeah. And it, I was so sad when they finally closed that arcade down. I mean, now that whole mall is shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as are most malls, I guess, at this point. Um, yeah. But yeah, back in the day, mall arcades. And just to kind of go back to what you said about Pizza Hut. The unique thing about Pizza Hut, and I'm pretty sure like Pizza Hut is the reason why there was a surge in popularity. I mean, I'm using surge lightly, but a surge in popularity of the cocktail table arcade games. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Because Pizza Hut commissioned them originally. Interesting. I didn't yep. know that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love those. Well, yeah. Jay, J- Joe and I have been doing a lot of the talking. What are your first uh, <laughs> video arcade uh, experiences? Uh, I'd say the first one was probably down in San Antonio uh, back in the 80s. And uh, my first kind of experience was like with the old uh, uh, Atari games like the like Kung Fu and yes. uh, Pac-Man and Galaga and uh, Galaxian and, mm-hmm. and Joust, things like that. Uh, Donkey Kong, of course. And um, it was just uh, you made a day of it kind of yeah. you know, when you're when your parents would know that they were going to be going to to do a whole lot of shopping to you were going to be there for at least an hour, but hopefully a few hours to <laughs> to get some get some good game yeah. time in. Nowadays, that sounds uh, kind of suspect. I don't know that in 2020, <laughs> uh, your parents would be dropping their children off to uh, in a dark, dingy arcade uh, to have right. a babysit them. No, n- not at a mall arcade. No, but, I mean. At like a miniature golf place that has an arcade in it. That's true, but those are very much yep. geared towards kids. And I don't know about you, I never really felt like an arcade was geared towards kids because you'd see, yes, you would see people my age, eight, nine, ten, but you'd also see full-on adults there, uh, and at least young adults. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly 
cursing and uh, drinking and uh, doing all sorts yeah. of unsavory behaviors. I mean, I, I think that for the generation we grew up in, mm-hmm. video arcades were definitely aimed at us. Pool halls were aimed at adults. True, and yeah. I think adults that couldn't go to pool halls went to video arcades because mm-hmm. it kind of scratched that same itch. Um, but I think I think video arcades, it, we grew up in that time where stuff like video arcades were the babysitter. Like that yeah, was yeah. that was exactly what they were designed to be. I can't even imagine right now. Like if it was even like four years old right now, like if she was nine years old, there's no way that I would just like leave her alone in an arcade, go shopping, and then come back an hour later and like hope she's still there. Like there's <laughs> no way. So we lived in a different time where like our parents yeah. would just drop us off. Yeah. We'd play video games for a while and then like they'd come on back and if if they didn't, you know, if I was out of quarters, like you said, Joel, like if you didn't keep track of your quarters, mm-hmm. I, I was stuck just kind of like wandering around, ho- like pushing the the eject oh, button on, absolutely hoping that get something, hope, hoping like, something came hitting, out, randomly hitting start on a game to see if it would start because a lot right. of people would throw quarters in and not know you had to hit the the player one button or whatever, and so like you'd start playing and uh, or, man, or- if you've ever been in a situation like that where you've hit start on something when someone's walked away. And you hit start and start playing, and they come back and realize you're playing on their quarters. <laughs> oh boy! Well, I've I've done that uh, that helicopter uh, move where uh, you kind of hover around because you know, again, who the kids who were there at the mercy of uh, their transportation. So if they were in the middle of a, uh, a heated round of Ninja Turtles and uh, mom bugs her head in and calls them, they have to run away. Well, yeah, somebody's got to come now. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody's got to be there to, yep. to pick up Leonardo and carry on. So, yep. uh, yeah, you pick could up the slack. You could benefit mm-hmm. if you just kind of hovered yep. around. That was fun. Just the the environments. Uh, and luckily, in, in, in today's world where we're getting these retro arcades coming back, they're recreating that environment. The sounds, the, the, the sights, obviously. Uh, but yeah, the soundtrack. What an like oral music, experience! Yes, playing like the '80s music that goes along with because <laughs> yes. nothing goes hand in hand with arcade games like an mm-hmm. '80s soundtrack. Right? Yeah, it's right. pretty uh, irremovable from uh, from the experience itself. Hearing the the Street Fighter, or like how many of these themes are, are just like ingrained in our brains? Uh, oh, for through sure. repetition. Uh huh. I used to have a a Mario Brothers arcade machine, and when you'd start the game up, it would go. Yes. It was it that was part of like the the charm of the games, and that was I mean, there is nothing more comforting than the sound of a dozen different arcade game attract screens going at the same time. Yes. Like that, like that, that moment in Tron Legacy when Sam turns on the the arcade again, mm-hmm. and you hear all the games kicking in yes. and all the all the mute. Like, there's something so like comforting about that, yeah, and yes. satisfying. Mm-hmm. I can't even put it into words. I yeah. do love uh, because you're right. It's that all feels very 80s because most of those games were were made in the 80s, and so you're getting the, that kind of rock uh, synthesized soundtrack uh, to the point where in the retro arcades of today. Like the the aforementioned free play here in the DFW area, they just flat out will play an '80s playlist in the background. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it really kind of takes you back to that to that time or or '90s early. Dude, 90s they serve well. they serve ecto cooler. <laughs> like I remember when we went, and they had high C ecto cooler. I was like, yeah. "Are you kidding me?" Jay, That's we uh, awesome. we got to take you to this this place, man. When uh, when COVID subsides, yes, everything opens back up, yes. which I guess is May 10th here in uh, in in uh, Texas. Right. Mario Day next week. Oh yeah, Mario that's right. Day. Mario Day, March tenth. Hey, what was the what was the first arcade game you ever played? Like what what started it? It's probably Pac, probably Ms. Pac Man. Either that or Donkey Kong. But Ms. Pac Man, you want to talk about uh, getting a bang for your buck? Uh, I can go like fifteen twenty minutes on one quarter. And that is solely because of the amount of training uh, I had to do. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you, if you you walk into an arcade with five dollars worth of quarters, which is ambitious uh, at, at the time, you know, usually it was more like I had a buck fifty. Had a, a buck, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Lucky if you had a buck fifty, mm-hmm. and if you're going to be there an hour, you know, you just do the math. You know, you got a quarter an hour, uh, and so uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got pretty good at uh, Ms. Pac-Man, and, and and specifically the sped up version of Ms. Pac-Man, you know, the speed hack version yes. of it. 
Uh, not the one that's super slow like the original Pac-Man. That's why that first one uh, really doesn't hold yeah. up. Ms. Pac-Man is, uh, mm-hmm. is is where it's at. Ms. Pac-Man's great. Mm-hmm. Ms. Pac-Man's so yeah. much better. What about you, Jay? Yep. Uh, my first one was, I would, God, it either had to have been Pac-Man or it was uh, like Missile Command. Missile Command, I remember Command, spending really? hours and hours on Missile Command at uh the various arcades like the 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 ones in san antonio and, and especially even coming back in here to uh when i moved back to dallas they, they were more at the like movie theaters mm-hmm. and i remember oh, going right. to going to like cinemark and playing some missile command the, uh, missile command is not an easy game like that no uh, there's no version of it that's simple <laughs> no uh, refresh no, my memory does that have a rollerball or it just has the button yes yeah, rollerball and the and the button to fire, and it was you. You basically had to aim before the the little line coming down, mm-hmm. yes, so that the explosion would hit the line as it came in. Because yes. if you just aimed for where the line was, it was kind of like the the whole the hockey saying, yeah, you know, well, as Wayne Gretzky would where say, "Where the puck is going." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, that's, yeah. that's no, a it's... pretty advanced game to begin your arcade experience with. Uh, even mm-hmm. as an adult, I have trouble. I lost uh, a lot of quarters yeah, to that one. Yeah, pretty intense. Very far with that game. Yeah. Wow, I'm impressed. Joe, did we do yours? No. Um, I, this is gonna be no surprise. The uh, the sit down Star Wars cabinet nah. was the first arcade game I ever played. Nice. Wow, you remember uh, it? The the wireframe. Oh yeah. Uh, it, we were. It was a restaurant called Ground Round. In Rochester, you walk in, there's a gumball machine on your left. If you go around the right, there's kind of a, a turn because the restaurant, there was a restaurant. And then if you went down a, a little hallway, there was a bar. And so like the families would go into the restaurant and then like all the singles and stuff, they'd go in the bar, the smoky bar in the back. Mm-hmm. But between the bar and the restaurant, there was a little hallway with two video games, Miss Pac-Man and the sit down Star Wars uh, cabinet. Wow. And I played every time we'd go in there. And I remember seeing Darth Vader. And I was like, I'd point to my dad. I'd be like, Dad, Darth Vader. He's like, okay, come here, hold on. And he sat me down, and he kind of, I remember him helping me out the first time I played it. I sat down in the chair. He was kind of kneeled down next to me, and he was helping me out with, like, moving the stick around and and shooting at the TIE Fighters. So ever since that moment, like, every time we'd go to that restaurant, I would play the game. And then one day, one day. um, (laughs) I got in. I got in. Uh, I, I sat down. I'm like, Dad, I want to play Star Wars. So I sit down in the cabinet, put some quarters in, start playing it, and suddenly I'm I'm fighting Adats. Oh, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, oh, they upgraded. I, and I realized in my head, I'm like, it's the Empire Strikes Back. Is this mm-hmm. a hidden level? Like, for the longest time, I had I had the I couldn't I couldn't process that they had put a new piece of software yeah. in this. It. I was just like, "What have they done?" Like, I want to play the, I want to play the Death Star levels. That's funny. Uh, it wasn't until much later that I realized it was an arcade game of Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, that was the first one, uh, and uh, and obviously the Miss Pac Man that was on the other side was my second. Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. I I, I distinctly you're talking about uh, the upgrades to uh, existing arcade games. I remember mm-hmm. when uh, Street Fighter Two, um, like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, listen to our fighting games episode if you want to hear all about Street Fighter Two. But uh, when they made the jump from uh, Street Fighter Two to was it the Turbo Edition that was a uh, Champion Edition, right? Mm-hmm. Champion yeah. Edition. I think it was Turbo first, and then Champion. Turbo was first. I just remember they had a new marquee, and uh, the color scheme was different, and everything was a little bit faster. And, and now you could play as the boss characters. Um, mm-hmm. And that yeah. kind of blew my mind, thinking that like, oh, yesterday I was in here, it was the regular Street Fighter, and now here we are. We've got version 2.0 before anybody yeah. was even using that uh, vernacular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys, did you ever play Street Fighter in no. the arcade? No. Well, never I did. Never saw okay, one never in did. the wild. So I, uh, I can't remember where it was. I think it was, I think this was at Tilt in Collin Creek Mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Jay, it was the, uh, it was Mount Tasia. In in Plano, the uh, the what? the mini golf place, uh, yeah, the, really? the, mini, the mini golf place in Plano. So, I'm walking down. I'm walking the the floor of the uh, of the mini of the arcade, and I see this game called Street Fighter, and like there's these huge buttons, mm-hmm. and you have to like punch the buttons, like with like balled up fists, punch the buttons. That's how you fought the other characters. <laughs> what? And and it was just like wow. it was exhausting. It was exhausting was... to play, but it was like the the game controlled the characters' movements. You were just controlling like the the fighting. And so when I saw this like Street Fighter Two finally come out, that was when uh, 
when when I was like, oh, this is a sequel to this game. I guess they're not doing the whole you punch the board <laughs> thing anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say it's weird how they how they go from the that physical like punching the actual yeah. cabinet yeah. to to having you know what what was it like six different little buttons to yeah yeah to yeah to, to, some to poor uh, some poor tech got tired of replacing the uh, hardware. <laughs> So he's like, probably got to redesign this for future probably. iterations. I wonder, yeah, I was about to say, I want like that damaging the boards because it's not. I mean, these are just pieces of wood. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're they're not titanium. Like <laughs> yes. these things are are gonna be. They're gonna break. Uh, what do you think was the best? And and this isn't. It's kind of on topic. It's tangentially related. Mm-hmm. What was the best port from the arcade to a home console? Because Ugh. I I have to say, like Street Fighter Two. I think yeah. was the best port from the arcade to the console. I, I think you're yeah, right. I would, I would agree. Yeah. And again, we talked about this on our fighting game episode, but uh, yeah, we, we, we remember it as being like a one for one uh, translation, but uh, really, you yeah. know, the original arcade game had different resolution than home TVs. Mm-hmm. The sprites were slightly smaller. Everything was like, sli- they basically had to recreate that entire game, but for the home console, which was no small feat at the time, I, I remember when uh, Street Fighter Two uh, was was just rumored about coming out for the Super Nintendo. They were talking about mm. they may have to have uh, the cartridge itself may have to be taller in order to fit that much RAM in there because it was a it was the first sixteen megabyte game uh, that was released on the Super Nintendo, and they were like, "Well, we're gonna wow. have to double the size of the cartridge." But I guess they they managed to uh, to, to fit it in the smaller one as technology tends to do. Things get Man. smaller, but uh, yeah, mm. it was it was. That was the standard from that point on to which arcade to home conversions were held. And as we talked about in our fighting games episode, Mortal Kombat did not. Uh, it didn't translate as well. Did didn't not make that well. uh, hurdle. No. Uh, one yeah, thing I wanted to go back to. Killer Instinct. <laughs> neither did Killer Instinct. No, that's right. For for some of the same reasons, I wanted to go back mm-hmm. to to something that you were both talking about. Jay, you were talking about uh, playing arcade games in a movie theater, uh, and mm-hmm. Joe, you at the uh, the mini golf place. That was a great time when um, you just any any place could become an arcade if you had enough Gas arcade stations. games. Gas stations, yeah. yes. Yes. Uh, once again, talked about in our fighting game episode, but uh, yeah, any uh, a lot of Street Fighter machines ended up in grocery stores and gas stations, and that's where people mm-hmm. played them for the first time. Um, yeah. But yeah, and you got a handful of arcade games together, and uh, your establishment is immediately transformed, and kids are now uh, hanging out. Whether you yeah. want them to or not, oh, yeah. movie theaters were great for that. The theater I, uh, I I went to as a child had a couple in the lobby, and uh, if you didn't enjoy the movie that you were dropped off to see, uh, well, then you just skip out and uh, go play some Mortal Kombat in the lobby, as I did many yeah. times. There you go. Yep. I, I remember, remember. Um, what, when when I worked at the the movie theater in McKinney, mm-hmm. uh, I, I spent a lot of time playing Mortal Kombat three. Mm. I think was the the big cabinet yep. that we had there. It's a great one. Yeah, I I remember when they when they stopped doing the you know the the video games cabinets <clears throat> excuse me in the movie theaters for like I don't know it seems like it was probably for about a good ten years mm-hmm. and it was like I missed that and mm-hmm. now they're starting to come back because yep. the because the, I guess the popularity of the the retro gaming coming back to of it course. so it's I'm I'm loving seeing that of course now now that they're those are coming back you know we get the, we get into the pandemic so we don't <laughs> as often but uh, you know <laughs> maybe in the summer maybe in the summer we can dream yeah. Uh, yeah one of the one of the things like if your arcade was big enough if you had enough space like they started to introduce like ticketing games like yes. ski ball mm-hmm. yes. and and I'll tell you man ski ball kind of changed for lack of a better term, changed the game a little bit in the arcades, you know, where, you know, you could, you could actually walk out of there with something, yeah. you know, there yeah. was, there, there was a chance, you know, you, you pour enough quarters into something like you get enough tickets, you know, you might get out of there with some stuffed animal or yeah. some, Park you know, a yo-yo or something. Yeah. Just <laughs> some kind of merch. Uh, and that kind of, that was a bit of a game changer when arcades started adding that stuff. Um, not only it kind the, of cha- it changed the dynamic too of who was in there playing the games. That's right. Yeah. Not only those types of games, but uh, the video games themselves. You know, we're talking about single player games like Pac Man and Donkey Kong, and even you know two player games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. But then you would get into kind of experience games, um, driving games, skiing mm-hmm. games. Uh, there was a game 
where you could like go down the slopes. You would stand on these two like plastic slats yeah. and rotate your body back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. Things yep. that I would have never yep. played at home that you can't play at home. Uh, it was a, yeah. an exclusive yeah. arcade experience. Yeah, and I think a lot of that came about because of the home consoles. They were becoming so popular that yeah. people weren't going to arcades anymore. So they were starting to do this stuff like, okay, we're going to do stuff that you can't do at home mm-hmm. so that it gets people back in. Mm-hmm. Where they had like the motorcycle racing games where mm-hmm. you're actually sitting on a body of a motorcycle, you're tilting. Uh, they did a Star Wars pod racer game where you actually yes. had like the handles mm-hmm. uh, and you're controlling it like you would actually control mm-hmm. a pod racer. No, you're absolutely right. And um, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a, a like a hologram arcade machine where yes. like you played a time traveling cowboy or something cowboy, like, yeah. holy shit i do remember that now that you do you remember it. that yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what uh, was it called fuck i i don't remember i don't it was remember like mad dog mccree wasn't that what it was called no but you're it, it was built on the same engine as something like mad dog mccree or even dragon's lair yeah. like it was more of a laser disc based thing um and and that i mean Dude, I mean, you want to talk about some great arcade experiences when they introduced yeah. Dragon's Lair, like not understanding how video games worked. Like here I am, I'm thinking I'm actually controlling this cartoon. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so I would dream about like the things I want to try to make this cartoon guy do. No. Not really, you know. Doesn't work it's that so way. clever. It, no, it doesn't. Right, and it's so clever though the way that they masked it. Yeah. And you know, just you have to hit something before the timer runs out, basically on this video clip. Uh, and, and it's just, it's just brilliant, but I'll tell you, like, like you're either playing a game in an arcade or you're watching someone play. Mm -hmm. You were like, you were so sad if someone was not playing Dragon's Lair. I know. Because if you were out of quarters, but someone was playing Dragon's Lair, Mm -hmm. bro, it's like someone put on a cartoon for you to watch. Like it it was so great. Such a draw. You're right. They would, crowds would gather around those games when they would play. They mounted a second TV on top of the cabinet. <laughs> so that people could Just see. for people to watch. Yes. yes. That's right. Yeah, and then when Dragon's Lair 2 came out, uh, our, our little pizza hut there in Beeville, Texas, was lucky enough to be one of the recipients. And uh, nobody was brave enough to play it except a buddy of mine. Uh, and uh, th- this guy was just like a video game master, and he figured out the pattern. Uh, and I, I learned it from watching him. And uh, to, to this day, you'll see them nowadays in retro arcades uh, in uh, Cidercade, the Bishop Cidercade here in Dallas, uh, which is another retro arcade. They've got both of the Dragon's Lairs. I, I want to say they even have Space Ace as well, the other nice. uh, Don, Don Bluth animated game. And, uh, yeah, that that because that instead of like Dragon's Lair being – uh, segmented little mini levels. It was one continuous story. It was basically oh, like a fifteen-minute animated movie. That uh, if it you were lucky enough to play insane. it, yeah, I love that. The, game. And the the second one, you ha- you're on your toes the entire time. Oh yeah. Where the first one, the first one cleverly gives you little like moments where you can kind of catch your breath or mm-hmm. prepare for what you have to do. Mm-hmm. The second one, it never stops until it ends. Until the game ends, yep. it's just never. It, it's so the momentum is. Mm-hmm. It's nuts, but it's so fulfilling. What a great looking game. Agreed. Well, you know, when, when I was looking up that, cause I couldn't remember space ace. So I was trying to figure yeah. out what the name of that was. So I was like the other, the other one that was like dragon's layer. Mm-hmm. And I found out that there's actually more dragon's layers than just the two. What? There's like a third. No. And then there's one that's dragon's layer 3d. It's like, well, what? yeah, Dra- the third one, the third one is kind of a, an unofficial, like remix of the first two kind of put oh, together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they use footage from stuff that they didn't use for the first two games. Yeah. So it's kind of an unofficial release. Uh, dragon's layer 3d, I think was a console version of dragon's layer. And it, and it, um, yeah, and it diverted yeah. from the traditional 2D animation that made the first uh, two. It was like a top-down yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. That's what they're known for. Well, before this uh, devolves into a Don Bluth episode, <laughs> and maybe we'll do a, a Don Bluth video game episode in a future episode of the 16 Big Gladiators, but uh, mm-hmm. in sticking with the video arcade uh, theme, uh, another experience that I liked were uh, shooting games, games where you actually got to wield a gun uh, and for me, it started with the Terminator 2 uh, uh, cabinet, where it actually had two AK-47s, but they were mounted. Yeah. You didn't hold them. Uh, so, so the Like Operation Wolf. Exactly, yeah. Like yeah. Operation Wolf the screen was kind of recessed a little bit into the cabinet itself, and you, you could kind of lean in there and get your shoulder up and rotate around and shoot these Terminators coming at you. Um, and, of course, that evolved into games like Time Crisis, where Time uh, Crisis, you and a yeah. partner 
could uh, shoot and hold a little handgun with a wire coming off the bottom of it. Uh, yeah, I love. You guys remember series. the Aerosmith one? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. The Aerosmith game. Yes, yes. I do. It you kill so people ridiculous. with CDs. It was like, yes. what? What are we doing? <laughs> they man, Aerosmith and Kiss are like in a contest to see who can sell out faster and have been yep. for the last couple of decades because they will put their name. They've got, they've got a roller coaster at like Hollywood yeah. Studios in Orlando. Yeah. More power to them. You know, there was a uh, another band that lent their likenesses and their music Kiss. to an arcade game. And it was Journey. Yep. Really? I don't know this. Journey one. Yep. has an arcade game, and it's outstanding. It's actually it's really, really fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. What is and it? like the the point? The point of it is each individual level you play is one of the members of Journey, and you have to like get through whatever level to get the band member to their <laughs> instrument. And like the whole point is to get them all to their instruments so you could play the concert at the end of the game. <laughs> That's and fun. it's so good, yeah. man. It's yes. so good. Yes. I don't think I could name one band member of Journey, much less all four. <laughs> Steve Perry. <laughs> Leonardo, Steve Perry. Michelangelo. <laughs> right? That's Journey, No, right? that's a different type. Hey, so Uh-oh. when they finally introduced the four-player games wow. into the arcade. Now you're talking. Like, that's, that, was, that was nuts, man. And you had talked about it earlier. You talked about Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just Ninja Turtles. You had The Simpsons. You had X-Men. Yep. X-Men. Uh, Gauntlet. Remember? Gauntlet, yep. Dude, like there were there was when they started getting more than like two players going and it started building that like team dynamic. Yep. Uh like f- perfect strangers that you'd never met before in your life became your best friends for the next <laughs> yep. 15 minutes. You're absolutely yep. right. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I loved and miss about uh, that arcade experience was the the kind of camaraderie. Uh and especially mm-hmm. if you if you visited the same arcade you would see a lot of the same faces uh, over and over again. And, and, and when the fighting games were taking over there in the early 90s, uh, you know, uh, local kids would become kind of mini celebrities walking into the arcade yeah. in slow yeah. motion with baking powder falling <laughs> behind them as they uh, come up to challenge you on Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I What I loved about that, just going to the uh, the four-player games again, was that like you never learned each other's names, so you just referred to each other as the character. Yeah, Leo, Leo get And there, there was nothing yep. more satisfying than when someone would call out to me and call me Wolverine. Hey, Wolverine, <laughs> get that guy. <laughs> and I'm like, you got it, bub. What was here? <laughs> <laughs> was he your guy on the, uh, the X-Men arcade guy. game? Yep. On X-Men, Wolverine was my guy. I always yeah. went with uh, Storm because I feel like she had a little bit longer reach. She was quick, and her mutant power was uh, you know, zapping around the screen. Was that her? Yeah, was that was Storm? a good one. Yeah, it was Storm. Storm mm-hmm. was in it. You had Storm, Dazzler, Cyclops, uh, Colossus, Wol- Wolverine, and Nightcrawler. I think you. There were, I think there were six people you could choose from. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this. Mm. Uh, what what did you think about the first time? What? And I don't know if you remember. I don't remember the first time, but. What did you think about the first time you had to dump more than one quarter into a game to play it? Yeah. Oh, I was pissed. <laughs> I know. It's like, wow, you guys got some balls to assume that your game mm-hmm. is twice as good as some of the other games I'm playing. Again, we, we not to keep harking back on our fighting game episode, but uh, that was the first time I saw it with Street Fighter 2, where uh, they had that 50 That was 50 cents? That was 50 cents mm-hmm. in my arcade. Wow. Yeah, there was a premium on that. Um, I don't know what the rationale behind that was, except for... Just popularity. Te- well, yeah, but even before it was popular, I guess just technologically it was superior, mm-hmm. and and it was. Yeah, but uh, but like, how do you justify exactly. fifty cents? Yeah, like, it's yeah. still you're, It's not like you're getting twice as much time to play the game. Yeah, yeah, you're just paying more to play this thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Although, uh, and even even like the like Dave and Buster's, I've seen some there that are like three or four quarters. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, for they, the games, and it's like, are you are you shitting me? Come <laughs> on, they've totally upped the ante nowadays. It is not uncommon in in arcades like that to uh, see four four quarters even uh, mm-hmm. for an experience. And uh, you know what? Some of the oh, games... they don't even have like the little bill slot to just put the bill straight yeah, in. Yeah, not even. Well, in a in a lot of arcades now, you buy game time on like cards it's mm-hmm. that whole like state fair uh-huh. model where it's like you put yep. money on the card then you swipe the card in the game and it's like you have no oh, idea how much each yep, game yeah. has cost it's just yep. until you're out of credits and you're never you're never completely zero balance on that card it's always like you have 0.3 credits left if you give me another five dollars i can refill it and that's how they get you mm-hmm. i'm sure scattered around my house i have probably a half a dozen dave and buster's 
cards that have <laughs> points something credits on them that I just didn't have the heart to throw away. Yep. And they get lost. I still have a card like from two cards right here next to the front door. What was that? Uh, <laughs> pen stack, I think it is. Yeah, the oh, pen stack. Yeah, I've got the card. I've got, I've got card. a card. Yep, the I've bowling got alley uh, arcade. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> that was what. That was when we did the uh, right before James was born. Sarah mm-hmm. and I were like, we want to have one last hurrah with our friends, since you know we're going to be stuck with some kids for a while. And yeah, pin stack, man. They had some good pinball games there. Yes, well, it is. It's right that's, there in that's the name. A, that's a it has one. to. Yeah, it's kind of like um, like the uh, like that's enough. Like where arcades are coming back, not just like Cidercade or Free Play, like but these places like Main Event or Pin Stack, mm-hmm. like you know that they, they've kind of become like this this multi-purpose entertainment facility, right? Where yeah. you've got an, you've got an arcade, you've got bowling, you've got like laser tag that you could yes. do now. It's too much. That's uh. not- it is. It's a lot. Yeah, I prefer my uh, my arcades strictly devoted to, uh, to to video games. You remember uh, that one? What was it at North Park? I think it was that had like the BattleTech and. Uh, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. It, so it wasn't. It was across the street from North Park, and it was the. Uh, it's now a church, but it used to be oh, a. Nice. Um, it used to be an AMC theater. Like it was a, oh, that's a right, that's it right. was a, like a two floor facility, and like on the bottom floor were a bunch of like boutique shops and um and I think there was an arcade. Then if you went up on the top floor, that's where the arcade was, mm. or the, the movie theater rather was right there. That's where we saw the movie Out of Sight. Um, mm. Oh, but like Steven we uh, yeah right there's so there was a movie theater, and then if you went down a little bit, there was a place called Virtual World. Virtual World, and like yes. that's going back to what Joel was saying about like how. You know, they were like all these games were porting over to home consoles, so they had to start focusing more on the experiential. Yeah, and so this place was knocking it out of the park. Yes. Uh, so you went in, and it was kind of pricey for what you did, but like you go in and you're piloting giant mechs in like a virtual reality kind of battlefield, yeah. and uh, and like you would before you go, they would kind of give you like a sheet pilot forms and like what that you'd get like an id card so you get your pilot name mine was visago like from Idaho. <laughs> right and uh and yeah oh, so we, we went in and like you would pick what model mech you would want to pilot and then you just go at it for like 15 20 minutes huh. you yep. just battled and you could do like teams or every man for himself and like i we went so much that we started getting pretty good at this game yeah and one of the guys that worked there started like I can't remember what it was, Jay, but the guy who worked there like popped off, like started yeah. mouthing back at us. And oh. He's like, "Man, you guys don't got anything. Like me and me and my buddy here, we'll take on all of you." And we're like, yep. "Okay." And so it was, it was like four or five of us against the two of them. It was, it was four of us against the two yeah. of them because I think they had only six machines, yeah, uh, or maybe eight, but I think it was just four of us. And so we went in. And that this for this game, like you could buy videotapes of your playbacks. Oh, nice! And so I yes. ended up paying for the videotapes, so they recorded. <laughs> it was it. that good? And it was it was good thing that I did because for some reason our scorecards didn't print out for that. Oh, game. how convenient! Yep. Yeah, but Joel, Joel, <laughs> we went in and we laid waste to these two guys yeah. for the next twenty minutes, just punished these two you guys were it like was, hustlers glorious it was ridiculous and we didn't mean to be i think he was trying to hustle us <laughs> it sounds like it yeah like, uh-huh. dude just like popped off and we're like yeah let's do this thing so i think it was me jay ralph and john mclaughlin this guy john mclaughlin that mm. we were friends with going up against these two dudes i'm serious man we spanked them so hard <laughs> that when we came out they were so like crestfallen yeah. and disheartened like I'm pretty sure one of them hung themselves. Oh after God! Them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, video uh, arcade experience ends in murder, yeah. suicide. It was anyway. awesome. But one of the guys came out and had the nerve to be like, "You only won because you ganged up on us." <laughs> like, that, was, that was the whole point. Yes, that yeah. the, that's what you wanted. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was kind of the next evolution of arcades. Was this whole like you know experiential mm-hmm. like virtual reality 
Uh, and you started seeing it at like Dave and Buster's too, where they were introducing these virtual reality machines, but this place took it to a whole other level. Yeah. Uh, it was like a giant pod that you sat down in and you were surrounded by controls and, yeah. and levers wow. that you could move. So you were like actually in a cockpit of a, of a mech basically that you were, that you were controlling. I, I do look they at good. All, and they all impacted your performance the stick and the switches on the and they all did yep. something yep you'd always have the that overheat light that comes on so you'd have to yeah. you'd have to stop what you're doing hit that light <laughs> to stop your stop your lasers from firing or whatever do you remember how they like made a, a hard and fast rule like once the game starts you can't open your door and exit the mech and yep. like me, me and john would do that all the time we would get out of the mix like open the door and like fuck with the other guy and go back into our machine oh, i thought you were like ghost writing your mech <laughs> 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 That's awesome. I, I do like a good uh, arcade game where you get to sit down in the middle of it, and you're yeah. kind of surrounded uh, in this this uh, experience. Um, there's a lot of good like driving games. I've I've seen recently. There's a Jurassic Park kind of a safari game where you're, uh, yes. you're like riding around in a jeep and uh, at 360 degrees, getting to uh, shoot. I think dinosaurs, which I don't know how ethically yep. they can explain that, but uh, yeah, they're extinct anyway, right? It's all right. Yeah. There were there were some I think Afterburner was one that I yes. really enjoyed. It didn't have the range of movement that you're talking about with like this Jurassic Park game. Mm-hmm. It was just like the 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 tilting. Yeah. But yeah. man, Afterburner was some good stuff because yeah. like it had like the rumble chairs so like yes. every time you fired or every time you got shot like you could you Get could hit. feel that impact. The original rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah video games have uh, gotten bigger as they've uh, tried to attract more attention and especially in 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 in, in big arcades like that, like your Dave and Buster's, uh, yeah. where um, yeah, they're trying to charge a premium, but they're giving you a premium experience for the, for the most part. Well, they try to. Uh, anyway. I mean, yeah, there's, there's there's still some of those stinker games that yeah. uh, that you're like, what? Well, like, yeah. there was there was one that I played at Dave and Buster's, and it was like a horse racing game mm. that you sat on the horse and you had to like. They totally made this game for chicks. Yeah, like, I'm telling you, <laughs> that's a date game right game there. They made this game for dudes to watch their girlfriends like get Here, on these horses. Well, yeah, because you know we're all such suckers. We'll just keep pumping money in there trying to watch our, oh, our yeah. girls on these plastic horses. But, 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 dude, when you're the dude that made the mistake of trying to play the game first, <laughs> and you're the one guy in the arcade that's like, yeah, this is... This Enjoying is it a little too much. No, you're right. They Did also any have... of... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, they also have a like, large-size version of uh, retro games. I've seen like a... A, a multi-tiered oh, Galaga, yeah, and Pac-Man, like a giant yeah. Galaga and Pac-Man. Yeah. They're charging like a dollar for that, but really, it's the same game you could play for a quarter on a smaller screen, just bigger. Just bigger. Hey, look, yep. you know what? I'll give that a I'll give that a pass mm-hmm. just because I feel like it's probably sucking more power than a normal <laughs> Pac-Man. Machine. So you want it to be carbon so neutral. Like- I'm like, okay, I kind of get that. I get why you would raise the price point on that. <laughs> but if funny. it's just the size of a regular cabinet and you're charging me a buck to play it, yeah. well, I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. Did you guys ever get into the DN, the, the DD revolution craze? The DDR craze? Oh my gosh. How have we not talked about that? Oh my God. I've, I've, Every generation, I I've you've got a new game that kind of revolutionizes the, uh, the arcade experience. And that was it. And I, I honestly think the final innovation was Dance Dance Revolution before things kind of took a nosedive. Yep, yeah. I think you're absolutely I, I think right. I've only played like once a DDR game. Yeah, I totally have two left feet uh, IRL, yeah. uh, and it does not translate to video games any better. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, but, but Guitar Hero? Now when yeah. that came to arcade? Now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. That, that one we're talking about. That is, yeah, my, that that is literally good. my jam, yes, uh, Guitar mm-hmm. Hero. But I, I, it was impressive to watch people who could do uh, DDR, and it, it took mm-hmm. up a lot of real estate, and it was hard to miss, uh, especially in smaller yeah. arcades. But uh, another game that would uh, draw a crowd uh, mm-hmm. if you had a couple of players up there who knew what they were doing. Yes. Well, because suddenly, like, gamers didn't have to be fat slobs. Like, they could, <laughs> they could also be, like, almost acrobatic. Like, you watch yeah, some right. of these guys play DDR, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, who Absolutely. are they? One more thing, you, we were talking about how much uh, games cost. I, I do miss um, the the change machine. You know, as as things have moved to plastic cards uh, or yeah. dollar bills, even uh, w- one of the things that every arcade had back in the day was a change machine because you'd bring your bills in there and you get change, uh, and mm-hmm. they were always seemed to be strategically placed next to yeah. the games with the most popularity. Uh, yeah. And 
I got really good at being able to, you know, I would diet Ninja Turtles and be able to run, uh, pull a dollar out of my pocket, <laughs> get four quarters worth, run back to the game, and insert the quarter before that 20-second uh, time limit runs out. Um, that's amazing. Bro, yeah. bro, that's why you had a friend with you. Oh, right. you'd, always, you'd have that friend that was the runner. And you'd yep. be like, here, go get me, go get me some more. Like <laughs> you knew you were about to die. And you're like, here, go get me some more. Bring but, it back. But then every now and then you get that one asshole who would hit the button, you know, because you, you can count, you can speed up the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. And your game's over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I feel that. A lot of assholes yeah, there was... in games. <laughs> yes, there were. A lot of assholes in video <laughs> arcades. Especially, you know, we were talking about on our, once again, on our fighting game episode, um, when, when it became really popular. Uh, we needed a method in order to tell who was up next. So what would you do? Yep. You would take your quarter and you would put, put it, on it the marquee. there. Put it on either on the marquee or or down above the joysticks is where I would see it happen a little bit. Uh, just below mm-hmm. the monitor, but above the joysticks. There was a little ledge where you could line them up. But uh, I think we've all had our quarters stolen if you're not keeping an mm-hmm. eye on it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I've had uh, I've had plenty of quarters stolen. I remember uh, I remember somebody like moving the court like putting their quarter in front of mine to have the next and i'm like no i've been sitting and of course like yep. i'm i'm like 10 and these guys are like 15 16 yeah. and they're like no i'm next i'm like all right okay sounds <laughs> good yeah yeah I yeah. guess I gotta wait. I'll take my quarter and go play Choplifter. I guess. <laughs> yeah, Willow. <laughs> a lot of hard lessons uh, learned in video arcades uh, throughout our history, and uh, still being learned today uh, as new people are uh, experiencing and discovering video arcades. Uh, thankfully, they are back again. Uh, although I still see mostly adults there. A lot of them serve alcohol, so kids aren't allowed. But that's the way I like it. Jay, we've talked about before in uh, Portland, where you used to live, uh, Ground Control. Ground Control. Kind of the the mother of all uh, retro video arcades. I feel like it kind of was one of the originals that started this resurgence. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think think there was, I think it was Ground Control, and I think there was one in New York that kind of started up around the same time. and, And they got so popular that they just started kind of migrating inward yeah and uh more and more more and more places started opening up yeah well, mm-hmm. well and and making it 21 above and serving alcohol like for mm-hmm. me that's my that's that's where i want to die that's my heaven you know my san yep. junipero yeah. yep so nice. you guys nice i know we talked about our favorite arcade game do you have a guilty pleasure like a, an arcade game that's it's not very good but whenever you see it you gotta pump a quarter into it and play it a little bit elevator action too no, just <laughs> um, uh, I'll, I'll start off. Um, Moonwalker was my Moonwalker. is my pleasure. Nice, the Moonwalker Michael Jackson is, game. Yeah, it's a horrible game. Yeah, it is. But there is something about like the the chip tuned Michael Jackson songs that are playing while you're playing the game, and the fact that like when you get that special and you hit it, and like suddenly everybody starts doing like the Moonwalker dance yes. instead. Like there's something. I, I'll tell you, like it's not a great game. But if a game is going to be judged on how well it captures the spirit of what it's based on, yeah, it succeeds. It's doing it's doing its job. True, nicely said. Uh, mine, I don't know uh, that so so much a guilty pleasure because I think this is considered a good game. Uh, I certainly think so. But it always seems to be empty whenever I walk into an arcade. Uh, even back in the day, not a lot of people were playing Smash TV. And I think probably oh, because yeah. the yes. lack of buttons and the four joysticks, even though it was only for a two players, kind of confused people. It was off-putting. But um, if if you could master that, or at least you know get attuned to one of the joysticks would control your It was a top-down game, right? So you're looking yeah. uh, from bird's eye view down on your characters. It's basically like uh, the running man uh, the video game. It's like a futuristic yes, game show yeah. uh, where mm-hmm. you just have to murder uh, all the little things that come at you, gauntlet style. But one of the joysticks controlled your character's motion where they were on screen. The other one controlled which way he was aiming. So you could literally be yeah. running in one direction and aiming in another. And mm-hmm. it, it is a rapid fire and you die so many times. It, that is a, a definition of a quarter muncher. Um, yeah. And I, yes. It's rare that I can ever get anybody to play that with me. Uh, and like I said, it's always empty when I go. Uh, but uh, I love me some Smash TV. That's a good yeah. one. That one, that one definitely spawned a whole kind of a subgenre. The, they're called twin stick shooters, basically. Yeah, now. yeah. And, Total Carnage was the mm-hmm. sequel, I believe. There's an there's an Xbox game. It was a homebrew called I Made the Game Zombies in it. That's, I don't know if you remember this. One yes, today. I do. Uh, but it, yeah, oh, it's so good. Yes. It, it's like 
this love letter to the twin stick shooter genre. And it was just like this, this homebrew, this like independent developer put it together. And it's, I mean, dude, it's so good. If you could still find it, if it's on Xbox arcade or something like that, uh, and it, it's called, I made a game with zombies in it. Oh. It's totally worth playing. Never heard of that one. Yeah, it's so good. So good. The theme song to it, like while you're playing, it's playing music. And like, it's just different variations of the same words over and over again. It just, I made a game. Zombies <laughs> in it. Oh, I have to find this. That's uh, awesome. Uh, guilty pleasure game. I would say probably, uh, probably like Cruising USA. Yes. Oh, those are great. Man. I, yeah, I, I, I'm a sucker for like the racing games yeah, and are. especially for, for that one. Cause that was kind of like, it was kind of like a mix of, um, outrun and, uh, Oh God, what was that other one? The pole position. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was modern ish with the 3d graphics and, yeah. and it was, I don't know, it was just something about it. And every time I see it in arcade, I'm like, all right, I got to play it. No. Man, there's something about that. That game was like, there, it wasn't really a race. It was just mm-hmm. like trying to hit a checkpoint before the time yes. ran up. Man, that gave me so much anxiety. Yes, yes, yes. very much so. And it had the, the the force feedback in the steering wheel, right? So every time you crashed, mm-hmm. uh, you get a yep. nice little jolt in your arms. Uh, I'll, I'll throw honorable mention of uh, Crazy Taxi in there, too, because that oh, kind of kicked yeah. it up a notch. Uh, and allowed you to uh, mow down pedestrians, which was new yeah. for me. It was like the original GTA. Uh, <laughs> Man. Crazy taxi. I don't remember that in the arcade. Yeah? Oh, yeah. 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 I think that was yeah. a, a Dreamcast title or something the first time I heard mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It got ported yeah, over. Yeah, I right. played a lot on the Dreamcast, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember it. Uh, I remember seeing it like a Dave & Buster's, I'm pretty sure. The, the free play in uh, Richardson has it. Or, or oh, cool. at least it did nice. as of a year ago. <laughs> nice, nice. That's well, hopefully uh, one day we'll be able to revisit uh, arcades again uh, once COVID is behind us. Uh, but yes, they brought us so many so memories. Next Wednesday. Uh, next Wednesday, that's right, Mario Day. So many memories were made there. Uh, formative years uh, for the three of us, it sounds like. And uh, glad to see a new generation uh, is getting to experience that. Uh, any other Absolutely. thoughts about video arcades before we wrap this episode up? Maybe not, maybe not the arcades themselves, but um, I, I do notice there's kind of this comeback. I guess it's inspired by the arcades, but you've got like the mini systems, like the arcade one ups and the and the yes. Legends Ultimate, you know, cabinets that are made for people to buy them at home so that they have that arcade experience at home. But you know, there's there's a whole genre of people that are that are building their own arcade systems yeah. and using like these little tiny Raspberry Pi computers to to power the whole thing. It's That's like, right. This little $35 credit card size computer <laughs> is playing a ton of arcade yeah, games that game. would have cost thousands of dollars in, you know, in mm-hmm. just 20 years ago. That's the dream. That's ridiculous. Our very own Joe is uh, trying to fulfill that dream <laughs> as we speak, right? <laughs> in his own house. Going to need to start building I've an extra my, room. I got my Star yes. Wars cabinet, my mm-hmm. Legends Ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. What's next on the... Uh, on the shopping Bro, list, man, I really want to get that uh, that X Men one, the yes. four player X Men one that's Me coming out. That one I'd love to get. Uh, the Dragon's Lair one I think would be great. That would be fun. Uh, but I think that if they were to ever release Tron, I would mm. I would throw oh. I would throw money down immediately. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, yeah. Tron is on this Legends Ultimate machine, and I tried to like I tried to modify the the control board to add the Tron stick. And apparently it's not compatible with my version of this cabinet. But, uh, man, the Tron machine, that's... I mean, you want to talk about a, an influential machine growing up. Like, Tron was one of the big ones. The thing was, it wasn't my first, and it wasn't my favorite, so I really didn't, like, focus on it. But it was one of the most influential ones. Yeah, I guess we we, uh, we totally skipped over rollerball games, didn't we? Your Centipede, mm-hmm. your Crystal Castle. I mean, you talked about Missile Command. Marble Madness. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true, we did uh, all all part of the video arcade experience. Oh, Marble Madness! Holy crap! Marble Madness is good. like that. <laughs> every time we go to the the free play, they they have that there. And Jen and I, will we can sail past the first three levels, but then consistently cannot beat that fourth level. I don't know anybody who can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's unbeatable. I don't think anybody can. <laughs> all right uh well before we wrap this episode up uh, i want to do something we haven't done in the last couple of episodes even though i know we all play video games in our uh, daily lives joe you were talking about mario earlier we were as well mm-hmm. uh any other video games we're currently playing at home 
Uh, as far as games, now that I've finished Mario, I plan on digging into Super Mario 3D World. Yes. Uh, Bowser's, player, uh, what is it? Bowser's Revenge? or Bowser's Bowser's Fury. Fury. I plan on, uh, on playing some of that. And, uh, and also, uh, I have officially given my daughter, my five-year-old daughter is now the owner of my original Game Boy. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's awesome. awesome. Post that. That's this, so awesome. This past weekend, we went to some stores and tried to find her some games that were kind of her speed, some stuff that would get her, you know, into gaming. Uh, and I, I found her Pinocchio. Uh, uh, the Smurfs. I know, right? It's probably not going to be great, but stuff that's going to get her into it, kind of yeah. interested. Uh, yeah, her her gateway her, drug, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and got her Tetris. Uh, oh. and, and what we really wanted to find were, was uh, Super Mario Land. Uh, yeah. she, she wants a Mario game like Daddy has. She mm. loves it. She loves watching Mario. She she digs the character. Uh, I think she's definitely bought into it with Mommy and Daddy having the Mario-themed wedding cake topper. Yeah. And, you know, we've got, like, from when they made Super Mario Odyssey, they made the two Amiibos that's like, or the three of them, but they had Mario and Peach in their wedding outfits, right. like the dress and tux. And so we have that on the shelf next to our wedding topper. Um, and so she's always seeing Mario. She's just drowning in Mario. Yeah. And unlike most kids, I guess, that would like resist, she's totally bought in. And awesome. kind of she. Whenever we're watching Twitch, we have a, a Twitch streamer that we like to watch called the Dragon Feeny. Hmm. Um, and she's like, she'll play Super Mario Maker. She's family friendly, like she doesn't curse or anything. Good. Uh, and so, like, like we're able to kind of watch the game. Harper loves watching all these, like, all the levels from Mario Maker. She loves watching it, and I think she digs the fact that it's a girl gamer. Yeah. Um, oh, what a great role model. And so she gets yeah. into it, yeah. But she's like, she's got her favorites now. She loves Mario, but she loves Princess Peach. She thinks <laughs> Toadette is the coolest. Uh, and, uh, and so yeah, like I just I want to kind of encourage that a little bit more. Like I don't want her to be like a couch potato gamer, right? But I want her to, I want it, I, I want her to kind of get it and start to understand the mechanics, nice. and you know, yeah. in, enjoy it like Daddy does. Yeah, baby's yeah. first Game Boy, and then yeah, exactly, and That's then right. and then maybe be able to join Daddy with. Uh... With some multiplayer couch couch co op. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, she she definitely uh, took zero time in being unimpressed with the green non backlit screen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like a luckily, baby's toy. I've got it. Yeah. Luckily, I've got a uh, I've got a, a backlit SP that mm. will will probably graduate up to soon. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. For right now, I was just I was super happy watching her. Like when she got her first line in Tetris. Which it took her a long time, but when she finally <laughs> cleared her, she cleared her first line in Tetris, I couldn't have been prouder. Oh, really that's neat. cute! That's awesome. that's yeah, get awesome. that thing out of her hands because that is a brick, and she will drop it on her baby brother <laughs> <laughs> if she's not careful. All right, yeah, I, I, I did start digging through through some boxes to see if I could find where my old uh, Game Boy yeah. games are. Good, yeah, good. I'm, I'm looking for that to to get her to get her that uh, Super Mario Land. Yeah, good luck oh, finding that because I'm pretty sure uh, th- those are hard to come by. People don't let go yeah. of those. Uh, so good luck with that. I will do, have to do the same. Yeah. Go through my uh, <laughs> box of Game Boy games. And see what I can bequeath down to you. Hey, maybe we'll do an episode of uh, Game Boy games coming up. Future, Bro, that would be that would yeah. be nice. All right. Well, next week on our humble little podcast here, uh, we've got a new topic. I think our topic is going to be uh, modded games, game mods, games uh, that have been uh, released into the wild, and users have taken it upon themselves to uh, dig into the code there uh, and uh, reskin them. Sometimes revamping them. Sometimes making unofficial sequels of games. Just overall. Uh, new creations based on the original code. Uh, and so next week we're going to talk about game mods on the 16-bit gladiators. That's uh, Jay, Ooh, Jay Gunn's nice. uh, own idea. I think that's a great topic. Uh, <laughs> and so he'll be joining us as usual, and uh, maybe we'll have a special guest or two joining us as well to talk about modded games. Well, I won't Excellent. be there, so let me just throw down that one of my favorite mods was the Star Wars mod on Doom. That was so fun. Yes. Ooh, I'm unfamiliar with that one, but uh, we'll have to talk about that. There's a there's a Super Mario one as well. Oh, for, for Doom? For Doom, oh, yes. Oh, that's my great. God. It's a, like a total conversion 
you're doing like the whole mushroom kingdom in Doom. <laughs> it's so great. So uh, great. I can't wait to talk about that and other modded games next week on our little podcast, The 16-Bit Gladiators. So uh, once again, Jay, thanks for being here. Thank you. Joe, uh, always a pleasure. The pleasure's all mine. <laughs> and uh, listener, thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you next week on another episode of The 16-Bit Gladiators. Bye, guys. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.